Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to be talking once again about Epic versus Apple, but this time with a guest spot featuring Valve, owners of the Steam platform, developers of the Half-Life series, and much, much more. Now, if you aren't familiar with the background for this particular case, please do check out our playlist on Antitrust Epic that goes over Epic versus Apple versus Google, really from moment one when this all happened, where in that first video, we didn't even know there were going to be lawsuits and antitrust claims and injunctions and everything else. But today's a little bit different. I saw in the comments to my last video on this topic that a number of you didn't realize exactly where we were in the timeline of this particular lawsuit. So, Epic acts against Apple and Google in August of last year. Epic winds up suing Apple and Google for removing Fortnite shortly thereafter. The court, particularly in Apple, is moving in an expedited basis and went over a temporary restraining order request and a preliminary injunction request that wound up splitting the baby a little bit at the end of it, with Fortnite permitted to be removed from the store by Apple, but that Apple could not take action against the other Epic entities that really control the Unreal Engine development side of things. After that all happens in the fall of last year, October, I believe it was, then the parties move into discovery and preparing now for six months, really, or more, to get ready for a court case brought by Epic versus Apple and then countersuit by Apple against Epic. So they're going and they're collecting documents, thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of documents. They're setting up interviews. They're arguing over how much time people like Tim Cook over at Apple should have to give to Epic for depositions. I believe they wound up at seven hours, which if that sounds like a lot to you, actually isn't that much for a massive multinational antitrust litigation. Seven hours is pretty middle of the road, if not on the light side of things. But they're setting up all the rules. One of the things they are setting up is exactly who owes what documents to whom. And one of the things you can do as part of the subpoena process is drag in parties that aren't actually being sued. And in this case, Apple sought information from Valve that they are now fighting about. This is a PC Gamer article, which a number of you brought to my attention online. Thank you very much for that. That is entitled, Apple subpoenas Valve as part of its legal battle with Epic. Valve fights back. We're going to talk about the primary source material a little bit more in the article here. If you're interested in the article, there will, of course, be a link in the description to this video, but we will read the headline here. A new court filing has revealed that, as part of the ongoing legal battle between Apple versus Epic, Apple subpoenaed Valve software in November of 2020, demanding it provide huge amounts of commercial data about Steam sales and operations going over multiple years. Apple subpoenaed Valve under the basic argument that certain Steam information would be crucial to building its case against Epic. Yesterday, a joint discovery letter was filed to the district court in Northern California relating to the subpoena, which contains a summary of the behind-the-scenes tussles thus far, effectively asking the court to weigh in and figure out what exactly should be done. Now, fortunately for us, these filings are public. That's, in fact, how PC Gamer found them. So we can look at them specifically. In this particular letter, the Valve side and the Apple side sends a statement to the judge and says, here's the problem that we are having. We ask you to help solve it for us. As the court's preliminary injunction makes clear, and we will look at that as part of this video as well, Epic's various mobile and non-mobile distribution options are central to disputed issues of market definition and market power. Valve's digital distribution service, Steam, is the dominant digital game distributor on the PC platform and is a direct competitor to the Epic Game Store. Epic, like other game developers, could distribute Fortnite on Apple's App Store, the Epic Game Store, Valve's Steam, 
or through various other digital distribution channels. Now that could is important. We will see it as part of Valve's response. One of the things that might prove to be a misstep from Apple when they were talking over the temporary restraining order and the preliminary injunction is when they were fighting over the market definition, they seemed to imply that the important definition was who actually had Fortnite on their store right now, that that was what was competitive with Fortnite distribution on the Apple iOS ecosystem. And one of the things that Valve will say here is that Fortnite's not on Steam. So we don't know what you're talking about with respect to that particular question. Apple has kind of slid the goalposts here a little bit in terms of this particular argument where they say, hey, they could put Fortnite on Steam, and indeed they could, and that might be a better definition for substitutes in the long run. Apple didn't make that claim at the start, and so they might find themselves in a little bit of trouble. But they're trying to establish the market of what is involved in this dispute between Epic versus Apple. We're going to come back to that. As you might have heard in virtual legality before now, that is one of the most important factual findings in any antitrust litigation is what market are we talking about? Because first and foremost, you have to show that Apple is a monopolist in a pertinent market for your litigation. Apple wants to say it's all video game distribution platforms. Epic wants to say it's just iOS distribution, which of course Apple is a monopolist and doesn't have an argument against because they control the iOS ecosystem entirely. Now, what did they ask for from Valve? This is what they asked for. Request number two, and this is actually implied that it's a big, long request document that actually isn't being fought about for the requests between one and 32 and maybe more, but request two and request 32 are being fought by Valve when they apparently responded to the other requests. Apple's request two is very narrow, says Apple counsel. It simply requests documents sufficient to show Valve's Total yearly sales of apps and in-app products, annual advertising revenues from Steam, annual sales of external products attributable to Steam, annual revenues from Steam, and annual earnings, whether gross or net, we could be reasonable at Apple, from Steam. Apple has gone as far as requesting this information in any readily accessible format. You don't even have to organize it for us. You got a shoebox of USB, send it over. But Valve refuses to produce it. Now, there's a couple of things happening there. Is that request actually very narrow. Total yearly sales of apps and in-app products, annual advertising revenues, annual sales, annual revenues from Steam directly, and annual earnings, whether gross or net, from Steam. It arguably is narrow insofar as it can be produced on a single Excel document. Okay, here's what we've got on yearly sales, our annual advertising revenue, our external products, and some business people, some accountants, some bean counters at Steam and at Valve are keeping track of this information, right? So Valve knows what it's doing. They know that they get X amount of dollars in. That's how they judge when to hire people, how many to hire, what the rent should be, that kind of thing. But it's also pretty broad just in its scope. Request two, as Apple describes it, is crucial for calculating the total size of the market for Epic's available digital distribution channels. Indeed, Recognizing the highly relevant nature of Apple's request, this court previously ordered third-party Samsung to produce almost identical information, indeed, on the mobile side of things, which is what Valve will argue about. Valve has admitted to Apple's counsel that the information requested exists in the normal course of business. 
which, if that is in fact the case, might be the kind of thing that winds up with Valve actually distributing some portion of the information made in this request. Because if Valve has easy access to it and the court views that it can keep it properly confidential, then the court is probably going to lean towards allowing these kinds of things, depending on what the rest of the ecosystem of documents distributed by Valve actually is. And that we don't really have in this particular letter. Continuing with Apple's side of things, nor is Valve's complaint that the information is competitively sensitive a basis for withholding relevant and readily accessible high-level historic sales and revenue information. And then we've got a footnote that says, hey, protective order can keep them safe. If you can believe it, of the requests that Apple makes, this is the most reasonable from Valve. And Valve will actually, in their responses, we will see, not directly answer the problems with this particular request. Just a sheet, documents sufficient to show, not the primary materials, but just Valve's assertion of what these numbers are, isn't as broad as what we will see in request number 32. As Apple describes it, request 32 asks for documents sufficient to show the name of each app on Steam, the date range when the app was available on Steam, and the price of the app and any in-app product available on Steam. This is basic information relating to the identity and availability of games over time on Steam is necessary to determine the scope and breadth of the digital distribution marketplace and is relevant to showing competition between these platforms. Now, the relevancy of that particular issue with the antitrust lawsuit is a little bit more opaque than the market size. That's the other problem that Apple is going to have. Relevant to showing competition between Steam and Epic, how does that relate precisely to trying to establish that you aren't a monopolist or otherwise engaged in illegal restraint of trade on the Apple side of things? It's a little bit more opaque. Like the information sought in Request 2, says Apple, the information sought in Request 32 is historical and does not involve any future plans or strategic assessments and thus thus does not raise risk of any competitive harm. We're not trying to steal information that's useful to Valve, Judge. We're just trying to take things that are historical. Apple also brings up a complaint that Valve sent over things in volume five of production. Welcome to the world of high stakes litigation because this is rooms and rooms of documents and complains that Valve redacted certain information and then complained that it would be burdensome to remove the redactions. Apple has a fairly good point rhetorically to bring to the court here, which says, hey, it took more effort to redact things from those documents. It won't take more to remove those redactions. They've already provided the information. Just have them redact what they have otherwise produced. Since I don't know the nature of what's in the volume five production, it's a little bit hard to even guess at where the court might go with this one, except to point out, as I did, that Apple rhetorically is right. Redaction is extra work. Unredacting should be less in terms of just going back to what the documents actually show up as in your databases. Uh, But who knows with that one, it's not really pertinent to the request two and request 32 fight. Now, Valve, has its own position, as you might imagine, when you're sending a letter to the judge saying, we don't want to give these documents over. In response to Apple's 46 documents requests, presumably that's request one through request 46, and we're only fighting about two and 32, Valve already produced documents regarding its revenue share, competition with Epic, unclear exactly what those documents might be, Steam distribution contracts, and other documents, unknown. Apple was not satisfied and demands, without offering to cover Valve's costs, which would be significant, 
that Valve recreate six years worth of PC game and item sales for hundreds of third-party video games and then produce a massive amount of confidential information about these games and Valve's revenues. Apple wrongly claims those requests are narrow. They are not. Apple gave Valve a list of 436 video games it says are available on the Epic Game Store and Steam and demanded Valve identify from 2015 to the present every version and all digital content or items for each of these games on Steam and then provide exhaustive information about all of them, including the dates on sale, every price and price change, gross revenues for each game version and item broken down by version and item, all of Valve's revenues related to each of those versions, contents, and items. So when Valve describes it like that, if that's accurate to what the request was from Apple, obviously you are getting into a scenario where this is a massive undertaking to require of a third party on your behalf if you are Apple. Apple's overbroad demands impose too heavy a burden on a non-party, says Valve. Apple's demands would impose an extraordinary burden on Valve to query, process, and combine a massive amount of or to create the documents Apple seeks, materials that Valve does not create or keep in the ordinary course of business. So note, this is responsive far more to this Request 32 concept up here, and this line where Apple's counsel has gotten admission from Valve that the information under Request 2 is kept in the normal course of business could be an area where the judge and the court here might just split the baby again and say, okay, well, Request 2 is a lot more normal, hand over your overall generic revenues and sources, uh, Valve, but no, we're not going to make you itemize by version and date and everything else all of these various different products that you've otherwise sold. Valve continues to make its point, puts all these bullets in, says how hard it would be, says Apple narrowed its requests from all 30,000 games on Steam over the last 10 years to these 436, but that doesn't mean, Judge, that you should give Apple the win here. Why? because it simply makes an impossible task slightly less impossible. It's amazing that Apple actually asked for this information for all 30,000 games uh, on Steam. You got to respect the chutzpah, even if it clearly would have been an overbroad request in the instant case. Apple argues it is fair to make Valve do all this work and incur this disruption because Samsung, a public company that competes in the mobile app market, produced something similar. Note that reference to the mobile app market. Valve is going to make it a number of times. And one of the ways you can actually read this letter is Valve siding with Epic on their definition of the market. Now, that's entirely uh, self-fulfilling. That's what Valve wants to have happen here so that they can get out of this subpoena and they don't actually have a particular horse in the race in Epic versus Apple directly. But a lot of these sentences here might well be used by Epic in the future to establish that even Valve agrees that Epic's definition of the market is right because Valve isn't in the business of selling Fortnite and doesn't compete with Epic and isn't a substitute, etc., etc. Apple's requests, 2 and 32, seek proprietary and highly confidential information. So Apple must establish substantial need for the information that cannot be otherwise met without undue hardship. And they call up Federal Rules of Civil Procedure 45, which I think is an excellent segue to talking about Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, what? Number 45. So this is the rules on subpoenas and what they can do and when you can ask for them. In this particular case, we're only concerned about documents. A subpoena may command production of documents, electronically stored information, or tangible things, 
at a place within 100 miles of where the person resides, is employed, or regularly transacts business in person. You can ask them to do certain things on behalf of the court as long as it's geographically somewhat similar to where they operate. A party or attorney responsible for issuing and serving a subpoena must take reasonable steps to avoid imposing undue burden or expense on a person subject to the subpoena. The court for the district where compliance is required must enforce this duty and impose an appropriate sanction, which may include lost earnings and reasonable attorney's fees on a party or attorney who fails to comply. So you're supposed to have a subpoena and a request for documentation and information that doesn't impose an undue burden. You're not supposed to ask for something that will cripple a 350-person company like Valve. Valve says it will cripple them, and you can have this fight in court about whether or not that's accurate. But one of the things you can do if you are Apple is offer to pay for help, pay for people to help put this documentation together, maybe even help pay for attorney's fees. It's one of the things that Valve sounds like they asked for. You saw the reference where they said Apple won't even help pay for this. And this is the kind of thing that the court probably doesn't like but is pretty ordinary when you're talking about discovery and litigators trying to leverage every bit of the resources that they have. But you can object. A person commanded to produce documents or tangible things or to permit inspection may serve on the party or attorney designated in the subpoena a written objection. If an objection is made, the following rules apply. At any time on notice to the commanded person, the serving party, that would be the apple here, may move the court for the district where compliance is required for an order compelling production or inspection. They can look at this and they can say, look, you have to make them court with the power of the court to go forward. Or the court can do other things. On a timely motion from the other direction, the court for the district where compliance is required can quash, can kill a subpoena or modify it when it requires, among other things, disclosure of privileged or other protected matter if no exception or waiver applies or subjects a person to an undue burden. So when you look at the federal rules of civil procedure, you can see the fight that Apple and Epic are having here. Apple says this is perfectly reasonable. This is needed to make our case. We need to establish what the market is. And we'll talk about why again in just a second. But Valve says, no, no, no. This is our proprietary information. Where it's not ours, it's a third party's. We'll see them make that argument. And either way, it would take us forever to put this together. It would disrupt our operations. They didn't offer to pay for it. And then how we got over to talking about this in the first instance is the notion that the court can only do this kind of thing, can only mandate that stuff be delivered from Valve if it's confidential in the case of a serving party, Apple showing a substantial need for the testimony or material that cannot be otherwise met without undue hardship. Now, Valve makes its case a little strongly here. The court can actually make a determination that this just makes sense. It doesn't necessarily have to get over to the specifying conditions as an alternative. The court could just decline to quash or modify a subpoena and say, no, you're not unduly burdened. No, it doesn't require disclosure or privileged material that isn't otherwise protected by the court, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where the fight lives because Valve is saying this is going to be hard to do. It's going to be a ton of information. Not only that, hey, our revenue, the apps that are on our store, the revenue we make from each individual app, all these various things, they aren't necessarily our information to give. They're the third parties. But also, if it is our information, it's valuable to us. It's confidential. It's trade secrets. It's useful. And letting something go out to the court, even if it's protected, is always dangerous and Valve doesn't see the reason to give this information when it's not in the market. 
As Valve says in their letter, first, Apple argues the information it demands is necessary to calculate market size and definition. False. Apple, Google, and Samsung compete with each other in the mobile app market. Valve does not compete in that market. The court already recognized the relevant market must include the product at issue. Apple argues the relevant market could be so broad as to include any video game available through any channel, but gives no evidence this might actually be true. Indeed, the court noted there is little evidence iOS users owned multiple devices and changed from one to another in response to price changes. That's in the preliminary injunction, and that's a footnote. That isn't actually the determination of the court here. Valve is, like Apple before it in this letter, trying to extend a little bit on the court's reasoning. Note Valve says it doesn't complete compete in the mobile device market or the mobile application market, which may well be true, but the court, even in its own preliminary injunction, was not limiting its thought process solely to mobile devices and mobile applications. If we go back and we look at the preliminary injunction, if you're interested, I did a video on this, which you can find in that antitrust epic playlist, you can see why this fight is so important to Apple, at least with respect to request number two. Now, the legal framework for here in the preliminary injunction is going to be the same at the underlying merits of the case as a Section 2 violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act. In order to prevail on its theory, Epic Games must show, among other things, the possession of monopoly power in the relevant market. A threshold step in any antitrust case is to accurately define the relevant market, which refers to the area of effective competition. The relevant market is the field in which meaningful competition is said to exist, which is generally why Apple is trying to, quote unquote, make sure that they get information showing that Steam and Epic compete. Doesn't seem necessary to get all of that application information to establish that Steam and the Epic Game Store and Epic as a company are in fact competitors. Without a relevant market definition, there is no way to measure the defendant's ability to lessen or destroy competition. The relevant market must include both a geographic market and a product market. The latter must encompass the product at issue as well as all economic substitutes for the product. The court goes on to say a single brand market is at minimum extremely rare, quoting a different case on the same subject before arriving at a fact analysis here in this particular document that says, hey, we don't know for purposes of the preliminary injunction. In summary, The record does not yet establish how the relevant market should be defined. Unsurprisingly, the parties disagree on the product market. Epic Games averse that the relevant product market is the market for distribution of apps on the iOS software platform. And thus, Epic Games narrows the relevant market to consider only how iOS apps are distributed to the iOS platform. Apple, meanwhile, asserts that the relevant market must include competing platforms on which Fortnite is distributed and monetized. And here's, again, where Apple might have stepped in it a little bit because Apple probably should have been arguing that it's any place where Fortnite could be distributed and monetized. When we're talking about access as a market, as it is in this particular case, that it's app store access, that it's app distribution platform access, it's probably not anywhere where Fortnite is. It's anywhere that Fortnite could be. In other words, Apple argues that the court must consider the wider video game market and distribution on other platforms, including the Microsoft Xbox One, the Sony PlayStation 4, the Nintendo Switch, computer platforms, Windows PCs, Mac OSs, and tablets. Thus, Apple seeks a broader market definition that includes the digital distribution of video games across all video game platforms. Understand, if they get a broad definition accepted by the court that the various places where you can play Fortnite right now or could play Fortnite in the case of Steam constitute the market for Fortnite, then 
Epic is going to have a massive bit of trouble establishing that Apple is a monopolist of that particular market. That's why Epic came with their litigation that says the market is iOS app distribution. That's why Apple is trying to establish that there is some fungibility, some transferability of Fortnite players and players of various video games across platforms like the Epic Game Store and Steam. But unlike the raw request of just how big are you, Steam? How much of the market do you take up? so that we can present that to the court. The request for the applications themselves does seem to run afoul of the undue burden, does seem to run afoul of the confidentiality, and doesn't seem to make Apple's case for it. Now, it might be that the strategy of Apple here is to make a relatively reasonable looking request and a ridiculous request so that the court can act against the ridiculous request and Apple can be granted the reasonable request. There are all sorts of strategies you can use, you can try to use in discovery and litigation. We don't know because we're not sitting in the room. We're not determining Apple's strategy for ourselves. But again, note how what Valve is saying here really goes towards epic definition of the market. They say we aren't involved in this market. Valve does not compete in this market. The court said in a footnote that iOS users maybe don't bounce to play Fortnite in other places. There is no market outside of epic. When opposing a preliminary injunction, Apple argued the relevant market included competing platforms in which Fortnite is distributed and monetized. Valve is not in either of these markets. Valve is not Epic, and Fortnite is not available on Steam. Valve already produced information to Apple about Valve's revenue share and other ways to distribute mobile apps and games are readily knowable to Apple and its economists without discovery from Valve, right? The court still needs to make a factual determination on what these markets are and what the appropriate market is, How much information do you actually need from Steam? How much information do you need from GOG? How much information do you need from Samsung or Humble Bundle or anybody else to establish the overall contours of a marketplace? The answer is some, but not every bit of information from these various non-parties. And so Valve is, I think, well positioned to fight specifically against that request 32. That Valve's own highly confidential sales and revenue information is available only from Valve is not a substitute for showing a relevant and substantial need. Somehow, in a dispute over mobile apps, a maker of PC games that does not compete in the mobile market or sell quote-unquote apps, it's a little bit uh, fast and loose there, applications are clearly still apps, is being portrayed as a key figure. It is not. And so, as the thumbnail asks, what's Valve got to do with it? Valve's got something to do with it. They don't get out of producing any of this documentation. Indeed, Valve appears to have responded to the bulk of whatever Apple's requests were for this particular discovery information. On the other hand, Apple probably is cutting a little bit too deeply here on what it's requesting of Valve, and Valve is right to defend itself. What will happen here? It's unclear, and we won't know a lot of the specifics of how this all plays out and what Apple's direct theory of the case is and how they propose to attack Epic's theory until the case is actually litigated, currently scheduled for May. We'll see if it actually winds up being scheduled then. But this is just another data point in how big this discussion actually is. Epic continues to try to say this is only about phones. Valve tries to say it as well, not out of some duty to Epic or belief necessarily in Epic's theory of the case, but because it is the most beneficial to trying to get out of the subpoena and God love them. I don't, I won't say that that's bad on Valve's side in any respect, but 
as the court said in that preliminary injunction, in the temporary restraining order, in the hearings that they had with Epic, there is very little to separate Epic's theory of the case from walled gardens and distribution platforms of all types. So whether or not Valve wants to be involved in this particular case and whether the court will side with them or not, it is clear that Apple Apple thinks that it involves the rest of video gaming, if not more on a technology basis. The court has indicated it thinks as much. And so this continues to be a case well worth following, whether you're a Valve fan, an Epic fan, an Apple fan, hate all three of them, or just a fan of following litigation that could have a significant impact on the entirety of our technological infrastructure. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this conversation, we are having discussions about business and law of video games, surely, but technology in general, pop culture, music, movies, television. Hopefully, we'll do a few more lighter episodes on this channel in the future. We've been doing a lot of virtual legality, a lot of lawsuits. I do like to do impressions of things uh, like television shows and video games. Haven't gotten a chance to do that in a while because we've been busy. If you like this, consider supporting us. We've got a Patreon. We've got Streamlabs available. We've got a store. I love to hear from all of you uh, that want to discuss these various things. But if you don't want to go through any of those avenues, just a subscription, hitting that subscribe button, ringing the bell, hitting notifications, telling your friends that there is a place where we are having these discussions is more help than you could possibly know, and I appreciate every little bit of it. If you saw this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching, and if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.